0: You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. All right. You're on Wake Up Tucson, 10th of the Voice, local news and talk. If you missed the first hour, it was a uh, spicy a meet the ball. <laughs> talking about dan shearer's interview with chris nanos on friday at noon where
1: nanos was what's the word i want to look for extra special and as you say as you always say if when when reporters just ask some questions they get very interesting answers (laughs) But you just have to ask a question now and then
0: you know it's again we always say it's about the absence of good questions right or the butt kissing right because you want them to keep coming on and talking to you
2: well when it comes to that dr D. Palippo,
0: good morning good <laughs> morning
2: good morning good morning good morning actually i was listening to you on the way driving over here you know i i almost i, I could have created an accident i think because i stepped on my brakes so fast <laughs> when you said nano said oh i just don't want to politicize are you kidding me <laughs> Are you kidding Remember, me? Remember, the politicization
0: of Stone Garden is pretty much why he won
2: the election. No, wait a <laughs> minute. Yes, yes. Now, wait a minute. I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I go back many, many years to the... Uh, you know, I bring in a lot of money for Southern Arizona. I bring bringing a lot of money for bring you in people. I a lot of money in federal grants, uh, you know, through my... Both through um, government, but through consulting. And at one time, one of the border counties was my client. And I brought in a substantial amount of money from the feds to deal with things like, um, uh, juvenile justice. Um, you, you know, things that deal with border issues. Right. So when they start talking about that stone garden, I know a stone garden, like the back of my hand. <laughs> now let me tell you something. I want, I, I want all these listeners to understand this. One of the reasons why, you know, whether it, I, I'm not sure if people realize, but we have a federal designation here in southern Arizona, and it's called HIDA, H I D T A. I've heard of this. Which stands for High Intense Drug Trafficking Area. And once you're, a, you're basically designated a HIDA area, y- you actually have a lot of money coming towards you that you're eligible to apply for. One of those pots of monies was Stone Garden Grants. Operation Stone Garden. And that's, if you'll recall, when Richard was there, Ramon was there, and I got to say, Sharon, my girl Sharon, you were in there too with those two boys, okay? They would boycott the Stone Garden grants,
0: right? Well, not until Napier got there.
2: Yes. But that's... Because remember, remember,
0: they took it it for 12 years. For a dozen years, yeah. They took it for 12 years under uh, Clarence.
2: Oh, uh, under Obama. Under Obama they took it, okay? It's only when Trump came into office that they then said, oh, all of these, we can't accept this money. This is, you know, everything that they had done for the past 12 years now became, you know, persona non grata, so to speak.
0: But, so if it's 12 years that included Obama, uh, eight of Obama, that means they took it four year under George Bush.
2: That's right. That's right. Just now, to let everybody know. Now, let me give you, let me tell you this. One of the things that you have to do when you do these federal, you bring in federal money doesn't matter what program it is, Border Strike, Operation Stone Garden, whatever it might be. All the cool names. You have to create these regional jurisdictional plans. Yep. And that's how you are eligible to get your various pots of money. And you have to meet, a lot of times they meet monthly, quarterly, whatever it might be. And and so, you know, when when they did this with Stone Garden, they knew full well, there's a plan in place. Okay, what happened, though, and I will be one of the first ones to say it. Richard Elias did not like this. Did not like what? He did not like anything having to do with like the law enforcement and then that connection to Trump. Sure. So so in essence, everything that they had agreed to and accepted in the prior 12 years, the exact same stuff is what they objected to now. And I will state this publicly now. You have no idea how many times I had to call Jan Lesher and have her come up to the 11th floor because of the fumes that were coming through the ventilation systems. And it, it's those kinds of things where I say, wait a minute, you want to sit there and you want to go against the Stone Garden grants. You want to go against the protection of the Haida? You want to go against all of these programs. And yet, remember, when you accept federal money, you accept that you are a drug-free zone.
1: So, you, so what was what was so the what fumes, kind of coming? fumes? What you be talking about?
2: Well, let me just put it to you this way: it wasn't only my office that had the fumes coming through the ventilation system. There were others on the eleventh floor, and y- you know you can. I'm sorry, but you gotta ab- abide by the law.
0: So we had marijuana fumes up on the 11th floor, and then we had the homeless defecation fumes going through the parking garage in the the bottom.
2: And we had had tobacco. We had tobacco fumes. Now, you, you know, and it's like, I'm sorry, you cannot do that on government property.
0: What's our theme for today before we go to break? Our
2: theme, actually, you know, we're going to pick up still on uh, rules for revolutionaries. And it's that issue of building redundancy. It's that concept of redundancy. Remember, you know, it's how the fish have adapted to more than one structure that serves the same purpose. So what we're going to be looking at here is all of the funding. uh, I mean, look at this. $316,722,092 Three hundred and sixteen million seven hundred and seventy two seven hundred and twenty two thousand ninety-two dollars in COVID money is what Pima County received.
0: Three hundred and fourteen million of COVID money.
2: Three
0: hundred oh, sixteen. Oh sixteen, I apologize. Million.
2: Okay. So you want we're we're gonna take a look at is Where did the, it all go, Joe? Well, let's take a look at some of this. <laughs>
0: Let's oh, uh, let's go to break first before yeah. we get going. Yes. Three hundred sixteen million seven hundred twenty two thousand eight hundred ninety two dollars. Oh that's ninety two dollars. So boy,
2: your eyesight is as bad as mine. Yes, okay.
0: ma'am. <laughs> uh anyway, um, COVID dollars. Joe's gonna talk about where the hell did it all go?
2: Yes. Chihuahua. Yes. Oh yeah. And the best part is, okay, you, you're cheating. You're looking ahead. So, okay, right, don't do that till after the break. Y- yes, okay. Doctor
0: D Filippo. <laughs> all right. If you want to jump in, seven nine zero two zero four zero. If you want to check out that listener's great analysis of Janet uh, uh, Teresa Cullen's horrible performance at the state confirmation, go to dsimonehq.com and see the blog page.
2: Oh, and we're gonna get to the, we're gonna cover that today too.
0: Beautiful. Okay? We're going long right. form with Doctor D. Here we go. Wake up. All right, Steve Hackett, uh, birthday today. Did an album called GTR with Steve Howe from Yes. Just one, prog rock unites all, as we like to say. Uh, Seven twenty in the morning. We're hanging out with Dr. D. Filippo. She just gave us our uh, latest uh, update of COVID funding that's been blown out through Pima County, just over three hundred sixteen million dollars.
2: Yes. However, I do want to make note. Uh, yes. If you go on to the county administrator's website, you'll see a memo there dated February. 6th 2023 and she does give a little bit more of an update she says in total Pima County has received well over 325 million of COVID-19 related federal assistance to respond to the primary effects of the pandemic as well as to support the ongoing recovery of the community but this is interesting. She says a variety of ARPA, which is the American Rescue, okay, um, uh, and that the projects that the board approved on December 21, 2021, focus additional pandemic funding on the continued process of response and recovery in Pima County. So then, what I did, I went back to the Pima County Recovers website.
0: And on this thing, she says it's actually 325.
2: Yeah, yes. Yes, so. so we go somewhere between. Uh, I'd venture to say it really is three twenty-five. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. so it's about an additional ten million more. Okay,
0: what's ten million amongst friends?
2: Yeah, what the heck? All right, what's ten million when you have a budget of one point nine billion? Right. Okay, so let's take a look. Let's go back and take a look at the Pima County federal COVID funding by category.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: Now, and this is based on the three hundred and sixteen million. Okay, economic recovery received sixty nine point seven mil. I'm rounding these up. Where, Eviction prevention.
0: Where did that go? Seventy million. Went oh, to we're econo- going to take
2: a look at this in a minute. Economic recovery. Economic recovery. Okay, say say basically seventy mil. Eviction prevention utility assistance came in at thirty nine point eight mil. Infrastructure came in at 9.5 mil and public health came in at $197 million. Now I do recall looking at the list and I believe I did a calculation on the actual direct public health programs, not these fly by night things that they claimed were public health. And if I recall correctly, we did this on the show wasn't it something like only 11.3% of COVID money was really for public health as it relates to COVID? I think
0: that's the number. That I we remember about.
2: something like that. So, what happened was I decided, okay, let me dig a little bit deeper into this website. And I'm now going to take a look at economic recovery. Now, remember, this is about $70 million in economic recovery. Economic recovery based on COVID. Okay, let's take a look at this. Attractions and tourism. I mean, you're looking at just $132,000. It says basically Old Tucson Studios. But we know when we add up Old Tucson Studios, they received... $4 $4 million in economic recovery. Why? Because we went in and we rehabbed that entire place before the new lessee took over their contract. It
1: wasn't even operational. It was in between
2: operators. Yes. You are correct. And that's because who had it previously?
0: Double, the, the Diamond Kids.
2: Okay. And who did we... Uh, um, uh, Absolve them having to pay the past due rent. It was over $50,000.
0: Possibly the diamond kids.
2: That's right. That's right. Okay. So we absolved all that debt. We said, Oh, go away. Yeah. We'll let you out of your contract early. You don't have to pay the rent that you owe the county. And Oh, by the way, we're going to get a new operator in there, but we're going to spend $4 million on that county property. And we're going to call it an economic recovery. The only thing I can say is this. I hope to goodness that that house, the federal house, goes in and starts doing quality evaluations, compliance review of where COVID money has gone.
0: I'm with you. There's, so I'm looking at this thing, right? So you have the various things. I see. Uh, did Rito get any of this money? No. Right. Zero. So, zero <laughs> 20, So what's zero. the colossal zero. cave? I don't even know if anyone goes to colossal cave anymore. Uh, we got Aho. We got. Ajo, is that say golf? Aho golf. Fairgrounds Musselman Racetrack. That was only. F- well, they, here's five hundred dollars. What the hell's that yeah. for? <laughs> uh, I mean, look Kima at Airspace,
2: Keno Stadium District Parking, three million dollars. Where in the world does that? What does that have to do with economic recovery due to a COVID no pandemic? No one goes
1: there anymore. Right. I mean. So, would you like to know what the rationale on that one was? Please. Because they had people driving through to do the testing and the vaccines. And right. so it was like, quote, unquote, wear and tear on the parking lot, which was, was just dirt and gravel.
2: Well, that's what the, I believe yeah. that's what they did also at Rillito. If you go and take a look at Rito, you'll see they redid the entire parking lot. Well, that was a great way to shelve in, I should say shove in, <laughs> a county infrastructure project under the auspices of... Of COVID economic recovery. Yeah, I'm not
1: justifying. I'm just saying that's what came out in the news. All right, Joe. Another
0: okay. one that fascinates me on your list here is grants management staffing support. Yes. Okay, so this is. I mean, there, we know how much. I mean, Pima County's got so much money for payroll. They you know, under Chuck, we had phantom jobs. Remember?
2: Oh wait, we're going to hit that again. <laughs> we're going to hit that again. Oh today. no! Oh, so, yeah.
0: but I grants management staffing. Yes. What they needed was, $3.4 million.
2: I believe they were going to hire approximately, I want to say, 30 new people to do all this compliance on all these grants and contracts that they're giving out, right? Okay. My question was this What are you going to do when all that funding goes away in 2025, 2025, twenty twenty five, twenty six, right?
0: Economic revenue replacement. What the hell's that?
2: Uh, to actually go in and fund money that you lost. Who's they? Whoever they deem it that they, they is.
0: So that was a two million dollar slush fund, basically. Yes. Then we yes. have economic recovery marketing of a half a mil, right? Or is that fifty? I can't read today. Fifty. Sorry, fifty. Uh, we have economic at uh, job path seven forty two, economic recovery communications. We said Mark uh, Evans 655 to an already overfunded department.
2: So they could turn around and do flyers and all kinds of things. On
0: Downtown Partnership okay. got, what, $25,000. Uh, community Workforce Development got somewhere uh, under 600 Gs.
2: Now, wait, look at look at how ironic this is. Food Security Initiative, 600000 Food Security Programs, 1.8 mil, you you realize that food security got hit really bad by COVID, okay? And basically what happened, you know, it's the shortage of, of food, it's the shortage of production, et cetera. And we really saw it come to fruition, especially like in 2022. If you've got food shortages and you're only spending a little over 2 million on them, but you're spending 4 million to renovate a, a, an entertainment property?
0: Yeah, a tired, old, tired, old Tucson, right? Yes. Uh, here's here's five, a half a mil just was handed to the City of Gastronomy for food destination promotion. I'd love to see the marketing plan.
2: That's so that they could have a nice little event. Now, let's go to the third page here. Now, remember, we've got about... we got about uh, a minute. On this list, we've got $316 million. Remember when our Small Business Commission went before the board and said we'd like to have a third party independent review of all of this and boy did they get attacked
0: i okay? remember i remember Adelita called for an in- investigation yeah
2: well let me i'm calling for an investigation on pima county you know why take a look at this chart the county claims that they gave out 271 grants were distributed to small businesses what's that amount they're claiming they gave out
0: 3.2
2: okay Three point two mil to help small businesses out of three hundred and sixteen million. When you do the calculation, what percentage factor is that?
0: All right, <laughs> I, can, I can read this. Uh, it's point zero zero. Get the bean warmer going here. Point zero 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 one percent. Zero point zero. <laughs>
2: yes. So small
0: business assistance
2: receive nothing. Nothing, basically.
0: Basically, economic, so really, point. this is what small business got from Pima County through $316 million. 0.00001% And, if you'll, small and if you'll notice,
2: many of the categories, downtown, downtown, 4th Avenue, 4th Avenue, what, weren't there any other businesses around that that needed help or support?
0: Yeah, it's like anyone outside of downtown of 4th Avenue can go screw. Yeah yeah <sighs> uh, all right, right martha martha's singing nowhere to run for oh joanne. love Here martin we go. And
2: the vandellas so. what
0: were you saying joanne who is this the monkeys
2: oh my goodness
0: it's uh peter Torque of the monkey's birthday today
2: oh is it really oh. yes it
0: is so we're celebrating with little monkeys okay. stuff
2: so well, we got a lot of those in <laughs> County. <laughs> a
0: lot of stepping stones too it's called the taxpayers uh 7 35 in the morning Christopher D Simone and Doctor Joanne D Filippo. Remember, tomorrow is our Valentine's Day show. Where Matt and I are going to take your love, your lovey-dovey requests. So tell us who you want to dedicate the song. We're going to do it like Casey Kasem without the attitude. And then uh, remember, in the third hour, Doctor Robert Malone, one of the inventors of mRNA vaccine technology, who did that interview with Joe Rogan a couple of December's ago that got. Basically, he calls Fauci a liar. I mean, he he goes right into it and talks about how broken the, the whole pharmaceutical industry is. That's the one that got Neil Young to pull his music off of Spotify because he was too mean and he cried.
2: Until he couldn't make his mortgage payments. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how these people have these great political stance, right? And they're there and they're going to, you know, I abide by this. This is a, and then all of a sudden the pocketbook reality hits.
0: Well, remember, <laughs> so, uh, Rihanna who did the, the, well, oh, I don't, yeah. I'll get into the halftime show, but she said she was never going to do the halftime show until because of Colin Kaepernick's, uh, stance about, uh, police brutality against black, uh, black, uh, men and, uh, but I guess the NFL and Apple uh, threw enough money under it to forget about that whole thing. So. That
2: unveiled itself <laughs> last night, along with so, <laughs> along with some other things she unveiled. Yes, okay. We'll
0: get. We'll, we'll talk about that later because there's a couple of things we'll talk about. All right. So are we? Um, we were just talking about 300, somewhere between, well, right now we're at 325 million of COVID money. Yes. We broke it down and basically the percentage of money that went to help small businesses is so small that it's statistically, negligible. it's a statistically invalid percentage, yes. basically.
2: Yes. And and I want to say to that, that Small Business Commission, and it, doesn't Josh head that up?
0: Yeah, well, okay. uh, Carlos Ruiz, friend of the show, is the chair, but Josh is on there, Janae Arenas, and a couple other uh, folks we know.
2: I I want the Small Business Commission to come back and I want them to demand that an independent third party report, be, especially after you keep seeing these numbers, this, this is basically almost criminal to take a look at this and see 3.2 mil out of three. And we now know it's 325 mil.
0: Again, okay. your, your local governments basically, uh, when you say, when we talk about lockdowns and leaving things going and rocking and making things worse for people, they were getting paid off of that fat stimulus money to cover a lot of sins what in their you, budgets. Yeah.
2: What we need to see now is, you know, when you go to the Pima Recovers webpage and it breaks it down into the four categories economic recovery, eviction infrastructure, and public health, what we really need to see is a complete running total of expenses by project by category that was a heck
0: of a number for uh utility assistance and eviction prevented that's a hell of a number yes
2: well and re- and remember too city of tucson backed out remember they're not doing it anymore i mean i just think it would really be what i, mean, I really want to is eviction, public health
0: eviction preventage and utility assistance was 40 million dollars yeah That's a hell of a number. I
2: think what would be really interesting is to interview some landlords. That's true. We know a couple. I want to see, I'd love to see how this eviction program affected
0: them. So let's, uh, let's roll into, uh, you watched uh, parts of the Dr. Cullen confirmation hearing at the state of Arizona. You know. So when I, I was, I was telling you that. One of uh, Tucson's worst uh, reporters, which is Bud Foster, who's been covering for power ever since he got over to KOLD. Bud's an
2: extension of the Democratic Party, which is an extension of Pima County Board of Supervisors. Correct. Okay.
0: So he says, uh, remember, he's not doing a reporter. He's literally like, uh, he's almost like a little Timmy Steller with a with a three-minute... Well,
2: well, he gets All his right. talking points from, guess where?
0: Pima County. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, the commit. This is a direct quote from the piece. The committee did not seem to understand Pima County's hierarchy over COVID decisions. Cullen's the fourth behind the board of soups, county administrator, and a medical officer. She cannot unilaterally make policy decisions. That didn't phase the committee, which blamed Cullen for any policy they didn't like.
2: I'm sorry, <laughs> but Doctor Cullen, you are directly responsible. You know, it's one of the things I've got to tell you. Many years in Pima County, you would you would have employees basically say, Oh, I, I can't I can't speak about it publicly. I can't, you know, I'll lose my job, Chuck. And to a certain extent that is true. Right. But at the other at the other hand, these are medical professionals who have licenses. Okay? And I go back and I ask them, you take a medical oath. What did you do? Let go of your medical oath and say, Oh, I'm going to forego it in lieu of Chuck Huckleberry? Right. Right? Okay, where do you stand on that? And that's where, you know, it, if people really think about, I, I guess maybe they don't see it either because they're not involved in the county. When those memos come forward, and let's say that there's a memo, whether it's from uh, Dr. Garcia or Dr. Cullen, whomever, and they would give it to Chuck and Chuck would little slap the little cover page on it, Right. Right. The words that were coming forth in the memo and back of Chuck's memo were the words from the director and the what, the deputy county administrator. OK, these are the individuals who are responsible for leading the way, leading the charge of public health. When she also said, I don't look at equity. I look at justice and you know this business of building and racism. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to go back to this. Do you remember when that that resolution came up before the board? The memos that preceded that? Those memos came from the health department, talking about how everything that's going to be coming forward to the board now is going to be embedded in something of a public health, social justice type. And there's a resolution. Right. You think Richard Ramon and Sharon thought about that themselves? No. That directive came from somewhere else. Sure. You think Chuck thought about that himself? No. No.
0: <laughs> so again, right? So we, we but th- this whole. Uh, the, the uh, you know the, as we like to call it the, the Nuremberg defense of I was just following orders doesn't play right and and Hoffman asked, this is what this is why Bud sucks, right What you say, if you really say that's what he just said, right you say did you what Hoffman asked her is did you send a memo back? did you push back on Chuck at all saying that the the curfew thing is not a good idea
2: or the wall of shame. Or the or wall, the of, wall j- of shame.
0: Correct. And, of okay. course, the answer was no.
2: You think... Chi- I'm sorry, but uh, at this... I'd love to know who actually came up with the concept of the wall of shame. I bet it's Huck.
0: I don't know. It sounds like a Huck thing, but maybe it was her.
2: Uh, but I
0: think... Okay. Huck was definitely the curfew, I bet. I, it feels like Huck was the curfew. That's just a guess. So, what are you going to say, Matt? Okay, so here's the thing. So, when it comes to... Um, So she says I didn't even pay attention to the board of supervisor meetings.
2: I'm I'm, I'm flabbergasted.
0: I just pushed out memos, is what she said. I just pushed out memos. I'm just
2: a willing executioner, okay?
0: So, but at the same time, right? So if you're going to be a health director of a county, or now she wants the big job at the state, you have to have communication skills, which obviously she has none. She's a nerd. She's a doctor nerd, okay? And she's an ideologue. All right. She's a doctor nerd with no communication skills, but she's an ideologue. This is all bad for public health.
2: Well, you know, especially, okay, look at it this way. Think of Pima County as the microcosm of the much larger cosm being the state of Arizona. So if she sits here in a confirmation hearing, I mean, she sunk herself. She did. Okay. When she said, you know, I, I just listened to what, you know, my boss has said to me. Well, do you honestly think that you are the best candidate then for the... That's real leader <laughs> Yeah, yeah, really. It's like...
0: Well, it's okay. also you're supposed to... They're, they're, they're leaning on you for advice, right? So This is what's happening, right? They're leaning on you for advice, and she's like, well, I'm not going to do that. Or... Remember, she said that she didn't pay... She just pushed out memos and they did their thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you talk to one of these elected officials, any of them that did this draconian lockdown crap, they said, oh, including the Pima County Board of Supervisors, oh, we just followed what the health experts told us. Yes. Which is Garcia and Colin. Yes. I mean, that's where
2: you're at. I, I mean, I'm sorry. She, you know, as a as an academician and as a health professional, she looked pretty... Pretty sad.
0: Here's the funny thing. So, Doctor Cullen, I, I I listened to her uh, her expertise, like her resume. It's decently impressive. Mm-hmm. This is not her first rodeo. She's been in different countries. She, you know, she's the one who's supposed to understand public health more than Garcia.
2: You know, right? They, they're the ones who are supposed to guide. Administration who guides the Board of Supervisors. If you see it, well, at the time, okay, other than Heinz, and I'm just going to excuse him, period, totally.
0: We'll get, but, we'll get to you, Maddie, don't you worry. <laughs>
2: you're, you're not excused from the entire discussion, just from this sentence, okay?
0: <laughs> when we come back in the, after the break, we're going to give you a black bikini wedgie before it's over. <laughs> so... <laughs>
2: Oh, that image. Okay. (laughs) On that
0: note, let's go to break. Dr. D. Filippo, Christy Simone, and you. uh, Let's talk. Let's talk about the uh, not so great Dr. Hines a little bit. We got to get to that
2: and the failed policy.
0: Oh, and the Fed policy the, absolutely yes
2: yes then okay. we're
0: then we got to talk about park fees
2: Oh, we're going to talk about and then we want to talk a little bit about this electrical vehicle adoption oh there's something great in jan's memo if you don't read it you'll miss it and the, and you'll get the you'll you'll see the epitome of what's going on with electric vehicles in the county
0: that's why you need uh, dr de filippo on that wall to read those things <laughs> so you're on wake up tucson 10 third of the voice local news and talk
1: the ode to uh, personal responsibility from George Thorogood. It wasn't me. 750 749
0: in the morning. 759 would be a little different. Hanging out with Dr. D. Filippo. We're going long play here with uh D Filippo. We got a lot of stuff to cover. Real quick, uh Matt Hines.
2: Yes. All right. Our dear. <laughs> Our dear.
0: So we found out that he was at the meeting last week. He decided to hide in the little chamber behind the the, the dais, 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 dais. And then uh, we have a, someone took a picture of him in there. Yes. That we posted. We don't know who. Right. We don't know who. Uh, and that of him eating his bagel. And Dan Shearer did cover it in the Green Valley News. And, uh, Dan, I just want to tell you something. I, I, I do take a little bit of umbrage when, uh, Mary Glenn Hatcher and someone as her editor needs to do better. I don't know who that is, Dan. Okay. But when you say, uh, a f- photo leaked by a staff member to a conservative radio show host, okay, uh, that's me. I'm a human being, Dan, <laughs> with a name. So give us a little
2: love for God's sakes. So, anyway, um, so um Now, what I, I want to paint the picture of this first, okay? Yeah. At the board meetings, when you go in the back rooms, first you enter through a door that's on the main floor there. Remember,
0: uh, Joanne knows because she used to work for Allie Miller, yes. so she was back there. Yes,
2: I see this. For, so this is from firsthand experience. Yeah. And you walk in there, and there's a table there, like a boardroom table. And you would see maybe Richard's staff, Ramon's staff, and Sharon's staff right sitting there um sometimes you you might see maybe beth from Christie's office but for the most part no she was sitting out in the uh, in the open area right then you go through a door which takes you into a little kitchen area now there was always this spread i mean you've got bagels you've got fruit you've got nuts you've got everything there and i, I would sit there and wonder why in the world do we have all of this set up here right okay nevertheless so what happened is matt hines went into that little food room got his food obviously and then went and instead of walking out the door to go into the open public so how many room,
0: how many feet is it from the table that he sat to where he could sit on the dais and eat his bagel
2: equal equal amount of footage equal but, but, amount. but literally maybe it's... maybe 20 25 feet okay okay <laughs> Mm
0: -hmm.
2: He goes through one door and goes through the side of the Diz. He goes through a door in the boardroom and he goes through the back. Okay. Here's what I say. Shame on you, Adelita Grahalva. Shame on you. As board chair, you allowed him to circumvent the public. You allowed him to sit in the back. Not only that, I want the constituents of District 2 to remember that your supervisor slapped you in the face. Felt that you were not worthy of his presence in that boardroom, as well as the people of Pima County.
0: I mean, it's pretty obvious that she has a pretty tight leash around his throat. Why? I I just don't believe. What, what, you just be. Like, she
2: wanted his vote later in the later in the meeting. Okay, so she's going to put up with whatever crap he dishes out. Okay.
0: So, so Matt uh, and his quote. Uh, so he wouldn't talk to Mary Glenn Cat Hatcher. He would only email answers to her. Okay,
2: But that's part of his typical M.O.
0: So what he says is what the photo uh, does not show is the large screen in which I watched and listened to the call to the public in its entirety.
2: That is is not a rationale for sitting in the back boardroom. You know, by law, if I recall correctly, because I researched this many years ago, what were the requirements of the Board of Supervisors of any county, right? Do you know that they are required? by law to be in attendance at, let's say, the two meetings, four meetings, whatever it is that that county declares. That's what their requirement is. He didn't even have the decency to fulfill that obligation.
0: Right. So remember, in the official attendance in and so, the I'm sorry,
2: sitting in the back room is not attending an open meeting. He was meeting.
0: marked absent at the beginning of the meeting. Yes. I went back and watched it one more time. Yes. And he's not there when the clerk of the board says... Supervisor Christie, here. Remember, Supervisor Bronson, I, here. I time
2: this every meeting. He steps into the meeting room at approximately nine twenty at every board meeting. If he, not longer.
0: He just hates the public. When, he he hates, hates the public that doesn't hates, want to kiss his butt.
2: He hates anything that he perceives as authority over him. Is what it is, and generally speaking, you know, if you take a look at that, that's due to uh, insecurity complexes, et cetera. Oh, okay. Uh, But here is what I say to the people (laughs) of District Two: You need a different supervisor. Get that guy out and put in somebody who is more respectful. I don't care what party it is. I don't care if you are a Dem, Libertarian, Independent, or Republican. You deserve a supervisor that at least is respectful of you as a taxpayer in this community.
0: The um Hello? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so uh real quick, so I wanna just switch over to the um the, the nanos thing real quick. Oh yeah with you. Okay. Oh yeah. So um this is uh this is the email from David Egeta. To Jan Lesher.
2: Oh, you mean the real District 2 supervisor? Is that what you're...
0: <laughs> That's okay. what I, He okay. is the real District 2 supervisor. Yes.
2: Well, the real District 2 supervisor, <laughs> please stand up. Come forward. Okay. Uh,
0: and this is from January 12th of this year. Uh, Jan, comma, are you aware of the decision by Linda Everett of Behavioral Health to recommend the firing of the medical director at the jail by Nafacare? Judging by what he wrote her below, asking her to reconsider, it sounds like he was just using his medical budget. Uh, but as we get to the last paragraph, we strongly—that's b-
2: coming from a chief of staff of a supervisor.
0: Correct. He went. <laughs> I wonder if Matt was Matt.
2: Was Matt copied on it?
0: No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it just says
0: him. to Jan from david matt,
2: matt 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 never let your chief of staff do that <laughs>
0: more important is he Look, it looks like he's being thrown under the bus the pressure is because all the other deaths in the jail that preceded this one is nanos trying to cover his a dash dash question mark this should not stand we strongly i like how he says we, we.
2: I, oh he incorporated but he's wow. not
0: actually in the thing so um we strongly believe that it's inexcusable uh, that Nano still refuses to have his jail employees, including COs, be subject to searches when they enter a facility for duty. There's no explanation for the overdose death that happened to inmates who've been in jail many days, weeks, or months except contraband pills. And visitors, I am assuming, are subject to search upon entry. Thanks. D. Oh, familiar-
2: so that's, familiarity.
0: So that's David Igetta writing a direct email to Jan Lesher accusing Nanos of not, of basically not searching employees when they come in because that's the only place that these drugs and stuff can be coming for a good portion of these deaths.
2: First of all, I do want to say to Matt Hines, I hope you remember, go back and take a look at the oath that you took okay because you are the supervisor okay no he's and not when, when you have a chief of staff who's sending an email like that without actually noting the connotation or actually it, the copying on it or actually saying please be advised as per supervisor heinz office the following etc because as it is david doesn't have the authority to speak for heinz unless heinz gave him that authority and you do not see that in that email
0: no, it's it's pretty hilarious. He doesn't even mention Matt. <laughs>
2: well, Matt's an afterthought,
0: right? That's the best way.
2: Matt's still on the cruise ship. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you would figure he'd go. Actually, the twelfth could be the beginning of the trip. Okay, <laughs> so it, literally, you would say, "Hey, I talked to Matt."
2: Yes. And he wanted me to reach out to you. I mean, and that, that goes to show, that is common That is common administrative protocol. First of all, what Jan should have done, that memo went to Jan, right? Yeah. What Jan should have done is Jan should have gone back and said, could you please have Supervisor Hines?" For, you, do you know what I mean? Because other, otherwise Jan's taking directives from a uh, chief of staff, who clearly in that memo, it, it shows an indication that Heinz is not even an afterthought.
0: <laughs> I didn't want to bother him. He's in the Panama yeah, Canal yeah, yeah, with yes. his travel
2: partner. Yes.
0: Yes. All right. Now, uh, when we come back, we got to cover. We're going to hit the. We're going to hit the, the the board procedure. Yes. Vote and discussion. Yes. Because it got spicy. Oh
2: yeah. Yes. It, it got, got good. spicy. Adelita not a happy camper.
0: No. No way. And then no she way. covered it in her post video. Oh, the
2: mea culpa video. <laughs>
0: Where she says, "Oh, I'm just here for transparency and accountability." I, I
2: just want to make sure. Love that those Grijalvas, leaders yes. in
0: transparency and yes. accountability.
2: Yes. I'm <laughs> I'm. They should give a training lesson on it.
0: As we like to say, that's like uh, that's like uh, Will Chamberlain giving a uh, seminar on abstinence, as we like to say. <laughs> so when we come back, we're going to talk about board policy, park fees, and also.
2: The monthly financial forecast for Pima County. This is a doozy.
0: You're not going to believe how many departments are way over budget, and this is on a COVID fat money year budget. Yeah, and they they you got to love it with all that fat COVID money three hundred twenty five million over the last couple of years. Certain
1: departments don't
2: have enough money. We have what I, I believe that's eight departments are overspent. Yeah,
1: it's good stuff. And home values are headed down which means a tax rate is yeah. going to go up.
2: Yeah, as well as state-shared revenues.
1: Oh,
0: boy. All right. As uh, I think Betty Davis said, uh, fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a da- it's bumpy ride. Betty is one of my ride. favorite
2: ones. She says, buckle up, boys. It's going to be a bumpy ride. <laughs>